Welcome back to another episode of Fake News Fighting Against Knowledge Extinction. You're here as ever with Tom Hand and Rossfield. And today we are speaking about Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. It's after the news that Kim Jong-chol, who's been described as Kim Jong-un's right-hand man, visited the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in New York and they had a positive working dinner over steak, corn and cheese, apparently, mm. uh, whilst chewing over the potential 12th of June meeting between Trump and Kim Jong-un. Now, he's the highest official to visit the US since 2000, when Vice Marshal Joe Myung-rock met with Bill Clinton. Now, this comes after Trump saying last week that he was calling off the meeting with Kim Jong-un. Last Thursday. Last Thursday, following comments from a senior North Korean official that Mike Pence was a political dummy. Now, at the moment, it's a bit like Ross and Rachel from Friends. You know, will they, yeah. won't they, what's going I on? I mean, because he, he said this, I'm pulling out, but he sent, by saying that he was pulling out of the summit, he said quite quite a weird letter. It was quite sycophantic at times. It was quite weepy. I'm sorry about yeah. this. I hope we can have a friendship. And then it would go to, well, if you started a war, we will destroy you with our nuclear arsenal. <laughs> and then, and so, so, and also it seems to have no editing. It seems to be like, in the t- traditional Trump style of communication. Yeah. And then on Friday, he says, oh, yes, that summit that I cancelled might be back on if things continue to go well. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's some weird bipolar kind of... Well, yeah, in that, because he, he tweeted the letter, didn't he? Like, one part of it, he went, we greatly appreciate your time, patience, and effort with respect to our recent negotiations and discussions. To... You talk about your nuclear capabilities, but ours are so massive and powerful, I pray to God we'll never have to use yeah. them. And, and there's it's a, terrifying. And there's another bit where he goes, undoubtedly this is good for both of our countries, but bad for the world. And then you kind of go, well, well, don't do it then. Don't bloody do it. It looks like they are going to meet now. You know, things are moving. As I said, you know, that guy's the highest official since 2000 to visit um, the United States. You know, met with Mike yeah. Pompeo, who's the and highest and, diplomat yeah. in the United States. So it clearly is a good sign. And a group's, out, stake. In, a group's out in South Korea. Um, getting preparations ready. I mean, I do yeah, feel sorry yeah. for the aides who are helping set this up because normally diplomatic meetings like this, I mean, if you want to talk about diplomatic meetings in America, John Kerry is the man for it. You know, mm. he's, he's built, his, built his career around it and it takes months to get people to the table yeah. to what are we going to address to what should we serve? Like, you know, so people meet in the middle. They well, now have about 18 days to set up one of the greatest and most important meetings in American history. Well, it is, re- it seriously is, you know, in, t- yeah. in terms of world relations, it's so incredibly uh, important. As you said there, John Kerry, yeah, because he, he, um, he set up the 2015 Iranian nuclear deal. He was yep. a big, big man and, behind and that. Israel, so he, and Israel, Palestine. So he was, yeah, I mean, fair play. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe someone like um, Mike Pompeo might be as good as John Kerry. I mean, this is, as you said there, this is, you know, the biggest one of the biggest meetings in the history of international relations. Think about it, mate. This is like Khrushchev meeting with JFK just before the Cuba, or just after the Cuban Missile Crisis. This is, you know, a huge magnitude meeting. I mean, John Kerry might have some free time considering how uh, the US Embassy moved to Jerusalem has put a real spanner in the works of Israel-Palestine negotiations. Mm. But I mean, if we're talking about diplomacy, a lot of people are saying maybe Trump is playing a really hardball move this is maybe a move a lot mm. of people saying you know cancel start you know keep them on their toes you know it's back and forth showing i have power because uh kim jong-un after the 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 core thing i think these problems stem from is the idea of uh denuclearization of the korean peninsula so i think what it is is 
America was demanding a lot. Delete, uh, you know, we want the nuclear missiles gone, all this. And so Kim Jong-un had to play hardball. So he sent that, you know, he sent that letter with the rhetoric saying, how can you say this? And, you know, yeah. they had these fiery statements. And then I think Trump's responded in kind. So, I mean, it's, the, it's always the case with Trump. Is he a genius or is he just... I think it's more of a case that North Korea are desperate. I think economically desperate at the moment. Uh, the more sanctions that are placed on them. And that's why we saw the whole Pungay Rai mm. thing last week yeah. where they supposedly, well, I mean, they did clearly blow it up because they blew it up in front of a few foreign journalists, including a guy called Tom Cheshire from, from Sky News. He was actually one of the only foreign journalists. He was only UK-based. Sky News is the only UK-based uh, news team to be allowed there. See the and nuclear site to be, see, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, demolished. In Pungi, right? And our people, I mean, it was just more symbolic than anything. Yes. But what it was symbolic of, I think, was Kim Jong-un's desperation to to get to the negotiation table and say, look, please, we are destroying, we are de denuclearizing, we are showing. But then you have people like Moon Jae-in, who apparently, obviously the South Korean president, who apparently woke up in the middle of the night, mm. shocked and horrified that this meeting wasn't going to take place, yeah. knowing Trump was tweeting and saying Yeah, it. he's been a strong mediator. He has Moon been, has. A, because he's quite a liberal kind of yeah. peace-loving person like as much mm. as like world leaders go he and that's seems his to want his nuclear weapons exactly so it obviously but this punk i think i mean do you think it was a show of desperation rather than a show of look we look at us we are the good side of this deal well, this bargain let's let's go down the road of uh what can north korea get out of this summit why why would they come to the table and i think with the desp i do believe to a certain extent it is desperation so we've seen Kim Jong-un making these mad moves. So we saw sort of the, the South Korean Winter Olympics. He was made very big head wave. And a lot of people are saying is like, he made big promises when he first came to kind of have his power. But those yeah. haven't come to fruition. So there might be even, some people are saying uh, there might be another famine on its way. And, you know, a, a lot of people would say, why, why are we allowing this? You know, he's got to constantly keep it under control. And then... That's obviously why they responded to John Bolton's comment mm. of saying he wants a Gaddafi um, denuclearization deal. And mm. they go, well, Which ended Gaddafi, up with, yeah. you know, didn't die a nice death. So that's the thing. I mean, but you mentioned there, you know, he doesn't want famine in his country. But if mm. you're going to believe certain stories about North Korea, it sounds like, you know, that and more is happening because, you know, yeah. whenever any kind of foreign media team goes there with cameras they are chaperoned throughout the, the entirety kingdom. of their visit they're not allowed to see something like tom cheshire it's actually a fascinating i reckon it's only six minutes long his little sky news piece but you know he he speaks about his journey to pungay Rai mm -hmm. to see this uh the demolition of the nuclear site but you you know you're on the train and you're not allowed to look out the window yep. they, they deleted some footage from their camera because they filmed out the window and then I saw this other piece on YouTube, these kind of YouTubers who do this China mm. series. I should say their name, really, because they're fantastic. Exploring China, or exploring Northern China or something like that. We'll attach a, a link yeah, in yeah, the yeah. show notes later. Um, but they basically looked at North Korea from China. There's like a Chinese-Korean kind of province in, in mm. southern China. But they looked over at North Korea and they saw like people like kind of really skinny people picking grass it was really yeah. kind of ghostly yeah. and frightening so sorry just your point there you said that he wants to avoid famine yeah i don't know how like is that at the center of his intentions his kind of people his people's well-being because i don't I know think, if it is. i think what's what what's the um, what i meant by that was he wants to keep the people happy because he does not want an overthrow a rebellion that would be the thing yeah, so maybe yeah. if he managed to play nicely 
lifts the sanctions, gets a better deal, gets trading, mm. makes the country economically better while keeping himself dominant. If he doesn't have to sacrifice too much, I think that's a good deal for him. Okay, okay. That's good. I mean, that's looking at Kim as quite a threatening man, looking out to not be overthrown. Yeah. Maybe he's more... But that's why he wants a nuclear. He wants to defend from the outside. So he wants to keep his... But then apparently son. he's gotten rid of it, though. I mean, if we're going to believe it, you know... I think he'll... Superficially, keep... he's, think... he's, he's got rid of his last his last nuclear weapon, you know, his, his last test site. I think people... I think they know that's a symbolic thing. But so, mm. so he wants to have the nuclear or the appearance of having nuclear to defend from the outside attacking. But then he wants to relieve the economic situation at home to defend from the inside. Okay, okay. He's so just, there's he a fortress to, inside. He wants to keep his position in his head. So he's got a gun pointing backwards and forwards, you know, watching yeah. the inside and looking from the outside. Yeah. I completely get that. Maybe Kim's more of a benevolent fool than a kind of sinister dictator. When he visited Xi Jinping, you know, he went on the train mm -hmm. to China. He visited mm -hmm. Moon Jae-in. Uh, his, his officials, his top officials have visited other diplomats across the world. Maybe he's just seen that being an actual kind of diplomat, being, being a respected world leader who interacts and speaks to other world leaders and makes deals and is part of the kind of system, maybe he's realised, actually, this is better than being a kind of horrible dictator in my little hermit kingdom threatening nuclear war. Maybe he's realised that Actually, wait, me and Xi Jinping was great. He went to the Forbidden City in Beijing. Yeah. No other world leaders are allowed there. He went there. He was allowed this special treatment. He met, like I say, with Moon Jae-in. Maybe he's realised this is how saw you... Saw the wealth of their country. Yeah, so thought, yeah exactly. Right. And also maybe saw the um, the kind of the reward of being open and candid and being friendly with people. So if he pulls this off, let's say, and he, he lifts the economic sanctions and he modernises North Korea, for him... It would be win, win, win. He would be adored more than ever. Mm. If, I think he, he, if he followed a China-style model, I think, you know, with a limited democracy light sort of system. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, it's called communism with Chinese, um, communism with Chinese traits. I think it yeah. is. I think that's what it's been coined as. But then North Korea don't know any different. North Korea only know this. This they're the they're the only Soviet style country left in the world. They have these big kind of Soviet block style buildings. Yeah. You know, and like you'd parades. see. You know, yeah. You know, like you'd see playing COD Four. You know, these kind of like even though that was in fucking Ukraine, but I know still I've, kind I've of, seen those uh, when I was in Georgia and when you went there, Kazakhstan, exactly these satellite states you, where you, you see these big grey blocks and buildings, and then you would drive outside and it'd be about. You know, you'd have to drive about 10 minutes outside and you're in the kind of fields and stuff. And you'd be in the middle of nowhere and you'd just see this ginormous momentum or memorial to tractor builders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's the weirdest like, thing. What? It's really grand. And you're like, am I, you know, has there been an apocalypse? Like, <laughs> um, you, you never know. Um, I think, yeah... I mean, look, we could be fooled now. We know how tricky politics, especially at the moment, you know, fake news. We don't know who to believe and the Russians have their hands and everything. Well, believe fake, fake news. That's we be yeah, yeah, believe fake, fake news. But the thing about this, I don't know who's in a better position. Now. I don't know if it's Trump or Kim. I don't know who's playing who. I think it depends who has better officials around them, who's advising them. On the face of it, though, if Kim has genuinely destroyed his last nuclear test site in Pungi Rai... Uh, which he did, by the way, just in front of journalists. There, there were no weapons experts. Or... And it was more of an entrance. I think, it was yeah. an entrance. It was like, look at this. This is great symbolisation. Um, 
but released hostages as well. He's released hostages. But then surely, 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 on the face, unless I'm completely wrong, surely that that shows that he's just desperate and he really, really needs to go to the negotiation tables. Whether it's because economically they're they're drowning or because his people, as you said, there they might kind of rebel against him. But surely, on the face of it, he's going into these negotiations you know, lower down in the in the kind of pecking order than Trump is at the moment. Trump is, on the face of it, uh, he's he's kind of called... But then initially, well, let's, Kim, let's, Kim, Kim called his bluff with a nuclear weapon. Yeah. So I'm really confused about who's actually... Well, let's go into... So we've looked at what North Korea can gain from this. Let's mm-hmm. go into what Trump can gain. Let's do it. I think, um, and I've got to say earlier, last thing on the uh, outside looking in for the North Korea, I think they're also worried because they... I think they're... The sign from the international community, as well as Trump's communication, is the time's almost up. They they'll be done with patience for North Korea. You know, military training exercises. Trump's rhetoric. He's like, well, that's it. Will they t- send in SEAL Team Six 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 to come and take me out? In come my and night? take him out slightly. Well, I mean, there are. I believe it's about twenty thousand U.S. well soldiers in South Korea who have joint yep. military exercises. As you yep. said there. Now. China don't want that either. I'm not being funny. No. In that part of the world, China, uh, I mean, Japan's an ally. The Philippines are an American ally as well. They do have a lot of allies, allies there, but a lot of countries don't want to see that in that no. part of the world. Obviously, China now, I mean, Vox, actually, you know, I've, yeah. you know Vox have a fantastic video about China's new, um, it's the, the new trade paths. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is fantastic. So they've got like the maritime trade, which is like mm-hmm. a kind of um, what they talk like pearls basically, along yeah. like the the African horn that goes into the Middle East and then down to Asia. But um, China want to have that part of the world as their own. They are the super. They they are extremely strong, growing superpower. Why do they want American troops based what about you know a hundred miles exactly. away from them in South Korea? And they don't flexing want that. their muscle. Um, so let's go back on to what Trump can gain, and I think. Um, if we look at the side of Trump that I think is hard not to, for everyone to agree, he's a nar- narcissist, a attention seeker. Mm-hmm. I think he loves the fact that um, people might go, if you pull this off, Trump, we've been critiquing you, critiquing you. Mm-hmm. Even those n- media organizations that go against you and you pull this off, mm-hmm. we'll say Trump, the great uh, negotiator that he's mm-hmm. always said in his books, the art of the deal, he's the businessman, he's... He knows how to play hardball. Yeah. If he pulls it off, even the New York Times, which is most vocal critic, will yeah. praise him. And, you know, at rallies, people shouting, no bell, no bell. Because yeah. someone said, I think it was Mujahideen said, you know, if Trump gets this done, a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. And you know what, Ross? I'd say fair play. Trump is a bull in a china shop. If that bull walks out without having to pay a fine to the shopkeeper, you'd say fair play. And if Trump gets Kim Jong-un, who's the third of a long line of, you know, the, the dictating yeah. Kim family. Yeah. I mean, how great would that be? No other president. Obama, you know, painted himself as this great this great diplomat who was so kind of fair to the world and wanted peace for the world. He he never brought Kim uh, Kim Jong-un or or his... I think yeah, he was in with his father, Kim, uh, Kim Jong-il as well. But this never happened. The point, George Bush, Bill Clinton... George H.W. Bush. This never happened. I think it was because it's such a long-standing thing. We do not communicate with them because then it would seem to legitimize an authoritarian dictatorship uh, regime. But Trump's so anti-normal like, American president 
that he does the most unpresidential thing, which could be seen as outside-the-box thinking that breaks a stalemate that is bad for the world. So I said, I would love to see him pull it off. And then in that case, I would say, maybe if demilitarized the Korean Peninsula, he is a great by accident president. Yeah. The, the, the great president by accident. And I still part of me when, when he got voted in, I said, I would love to be proved wrong. Mm. I would love to be, you know, actually maybe he does by accident something good. And this would be his instance. And I think that's what he's holding on for. This is his legacy. And what a legacy it would be. What a legacy it would be. I mean, look, he if he does do this, you have to say fair play, no matter how he's done it. He's brought Kim Jong-un, a North Korean leader, to the negotiation table, to Singapore on the 12th of June. If it does happen, that would be amazing. Yeah, Maybe it'd, yeah. it'd, it'd be something no sitting US president has ever done. Yeah, it would be uh, monumental, but then also we can't really forget the bad things he's done such as cancelling no, the no, Iran no. deal and um... look you can't you can't and you and you also can't forget the bad thing that Kim Kim Jong Un has done which are arguably well if you believe what you know the press tell you a lot ten times a million times worse than what Trump's done in terms of fucking concentration camps and starving his people mm. but I think these two would get on I think they're both they, I, I, do, do they, I mean I there's really a weird know, thing I, I really could just picture them just having an you. absolute blast like <laughs> absolute great he gets he got, got on weirdly well with Macron yeah I think he would be it would be like that film uh, with James Franco the interview yeah they, I, I could just just singing fireworks them, them sat the coach, eating yeah. like um, fast food yeah. and really getting on they would they'd be the best of friends but I think it would be like well, it's like Dennis Rodman. Like yeah. that's strange. Like, he's really he loves Dennis Rodman. This Kim is Jong-un. why people love stories about North Korea because it's just so bizarre. Yeah, it's a strange, strange place, and you know the Hermit Kingdom. That term has been almost overused about North Korea. Again, we have to be very careful what we hear. You know mm-hmm. me. I mm-hmm. am a. I'm very cynical when it comes to. You know what we're fed by news agencies because I like to look at agendas and what they're trying to push onto me. But I do think that, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on behind closed doors there. And yes, it probably would be the weirdest place, you know, currently the weirdest country in the world. Um, you're not a betting man. But if you had to place a bet, what would be your kind of odds that this meeting will take place again? The on and off again summit. The will they, won't they summit. Oh, God. I think it will. I think this. I think if this didn't happen with, um, with Mike Pompeo yeah. and Kim Yong-chol... Yeah. Who, by the way, is a year older than Trump. This is a real old man's game, isn't it? It, it, it really He's is. 72, yeah. this bloke. Um, I think, because this has happened, I think it will happen, you know. The Secretary of State and apparently Kim Jong-un's right-hand man, they're, they're, they're big dogs. They are big. There's this people is like, over in South Korea, U- uh, US contingency, to prepare for the summit. So Exactly. This is like, let's go to World War II, let's say this is like Bernard Montgomery meeting with Heinrich Himmler. That that high, you would say. You know what I mean? This is that high, yeah, because this guy is Kim Jong-un's right-hand man and the or Secretary of State. Well, no, that, well, that would be Trump and... Uh, that would be Trump and Kim Jong-un. That's, that's the two yeah, biggest dogs. That's the, well, it's but, appeasement. You know, yeah, yeah. No, but this this is kind of like, you know, two representatives, or well, huge representatives, two huge diplomats of each country meeting together. I think if it weren't for this, I'd probably say no because of the kind of stop-start, so, will they, won't they? But so I think percentage, it will. So percentage, what's your percentage this will take place? You're going to quote me on this. Well, it's going to be quoted on bloody record. Um, I think it's 70% chance it will take place. I was going to say 80, man. Really? Yeah, I was going to say 80. I'm an optimist. Yeah, so um, uh, so only time will tell. Um, 
But we'll be here June the 13th reporting on that fake news, saying what we think is going to happen from this, what it meant. If it does indeed happen. If it does indeed happen, because we've put bets on. Um, But anyway, thank you for listening as always. Sorry about that uh, delay for this episode. And we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thank you for listening, guys. Yeah.